0: If the rate gets any higher and it seems like they want it to be higher based on, you know, their their history of, of raising the rate, um, I, I see this going in an unsustainable direction.
1: What's up, everybody? Today we've got an important topic and that topic is, are games too tough? so that very few people can win? Is poker becoming too top heavy? What does it even mean? I think these are really important questions. I think that it's very important that there is a lot of mobility in poker in order to reach the highest stakes so that the dream is alive. And today I've got someone who has looked at a lot of data from this site that shows whether these stakes are truly beatable or not. He's also coached a number of people to beat the stakes that's accurate patrick or am i misquoting you
0: yeah I've, I've coached a lot of low stakes players and currently coach exclusively high stakes and nosebleeds players
1: right so i feel like you have a very good opinion on what's really going on in the poker landscape whereas i like i'm stuck in like almost utopian not exactly utopia like i've got problems too as a nosebleed player and someone who's had a high win rate for a long time or whatever it is and, you know i get perks and stuff so it's important i think for no, you know, if I especially have influence to watch out for the lower stakes players because if the pathway for which it takes to get to the highest stakes is broken or like very, very hard to navigate, this becomes an issue on the entire ecosystem, in my opinion. Would you agree with that? Or what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I agree. So for people who don't know me, I'm a high stakes, no limit hold'em coach coach. Uh, Right now I just focus on high stakes, nosebleeds, online cash games, um, and a little bit of MTT as well on the side. And like you, I agree, I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned about low and mid stakes players. Like the people in my network are not having a lot of difficulties right now. I know a lot of people who had their, their best year uh, last year but I am a little bit concerned about the pathway for new players. Uh, The direction that that is going increasingly to me looks a bit broken, whether it's due to rake being too high or the security of the sites being compromised. And we can go into all of that.
1: Uh, Yeah, let's definitely go into all of that. I, I have a couple questions. Firstly, you also, I mean, I understand, uh, the data looks like a bit of a fragile system which also isn't good like for one thing like maybe it's traversable but if it's also fragile on top of that it's like a shaky bridge in which case it's like well let's fix it before you know people fall off or too many people fall off and it's like oh we need to build a new bridge or whatever
0: yeah i think a, maybe a lot of people don't realize how low the average win rate is for the average regular in online poker um in live of course it's much higher. But in online, you can get a lot of volume in. And the average win rate on most sites these days is usually around one big blind per hundred. And on the best sites, it's usually closer to three big blinds per hundred. Um, If the average, we're talking about the average regular in the pool. So
1: that's pretty, I mean, define regular. Is this like someone who makes their living from poker? Is this like pro or is this like someone who's like just, you know, includes people that are trying to be pros?
0: Yeah, they might not necessarily be making their living yet. Um, I think a lot of them are playing a full-time schedule. But I define regular based on stats. So when I look at databases, I'm looking at their VPIP, PFR and, and making sure that they're playing solid stats like a you know a professional player would, as opposed to a rec- a recreational player who plays too many hands, um, usually plays too passively and things like that. So the average regular yeah for most online sites pre rake back will win at around one big blind per 100. So you can see how it doesn't really take too much for the scales to tip. Like the ecosystem is pretty fragile and if you if you are charging too much rake or you have a lot of cheaters on your site that plus one big blind per 100 can Tip over to negative one big blind per hundred, and then a lot of things change after that. It becomes a lot worse, and I think in most cases the balance will start to fall apart.
1: Um. So wait, <laughs> you said it was one big bet, one big bet pre rake back. Are we talking? I'm a little confused because now you're ra- mentioning rake uh, as well. So how does this work? Uh, because it seems like. Mm-hmm this is after the rake is taken and they just get more money from the rake back, which will add a lot to the win rate. Or am I mistaken?
0: It depends on the site that you're talking about. Um, I, I'm talking about sites basically when I say one big 100 I'm talking about not GG poker. So, and, and not sites where, you know, the game is to make rake back and that's where most of your money comes from. So on a site like poker stars, for example, um i was just actually looking at this this week because i was doing some uh threads on twitter about this and the average regular at uh poker stars 200 500 and 1k is all the same it was between one and big blind, one and two big blinds per hundred then on top of that they will get a little bit of rake back but it's not a lot it's probably another big blind um So, when you're talking about the average regular, I think the win rate is a lot lower than most people expect because, you know, people who are in the spotlight and who show their results tend to have higher win rates. Like the best, we see the best players, we don't really see the average.
1: There's a lot Um, of survivorship bias type sorts of things or just bias from it's the same thing with Instagram. Obviously, you see the nicest stuff. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and sometimes people don't even share all their results. They just share when they're on a big upswing.
1: Oh, of course, yeah.
0: Um, and then for GG poker, where the rake is a lot higher than other sites, that's when you actually see average reg win rates go deeply negative. So on GG poker at mid stakes right now, the average regular is losing before rake back at about negative negative three, negative 3.5 big blinds per hundred. Really?
1: I mean, that's kind of crazy, they, especially... In comparison to other sites yes but Hmm. they do
0: get more rake back so it ends up being about the same but from everything that i can tell it seems like it is worse on gg like all things considered rake back and just the baseline win rate uh the average reg on gg is doing worse than on other sites right now despite the fact that there are more fish uh recreational players on gg than most other sites
1: okay that's pretty interesting i mean i, I kind of knew there was high rake and i heard something like there are not that many people you know playing gg full time to win i personally thought the tournaments were quite good on gg but even like playing the cash games i was kind of like thinking uh man i don't know <laughs> They just never seemed that appealing to me and i wasn't using many like seating scripts which they should in my opinion get rid of if they're gonna get rid of some other things like. Like, HUDs, like, why would seeding scripts be any less toxic or to the community than at HUDs? But uh, what are your thoughts?
0: So one thing you mentioned about MTTs, and I don't really understand this at all, um, GG's rake for MTTs is actually standard. So uh, really? if you play a $100 yeah. tournament, you're, you're, playing, you're paying, like, $9 in rake, and I think their 10Ks are usually 300 in rake, which is standard, and if it's like a series or something, they might add an extra 100 in rake onto a 10K. Yeah, so I don't really understand what went into that um, decision to make the rake in cash games so much higher. There are a lot of people who are grinding GG cash games full-time right now, but like I said in the beginning, uh, almost like the, the majority of the average regulars win rate comes from rake back on gg uh it doesn't come from just winning in the games
1: it's just strange that they wouldn't like you know charge so much for the other games i want to know personally if it's, if it's really important for their profitability to charge so much rake or is it just like out of greed because i mean gg has a mix of Well, other than charging rake, GG actually does a lot of positive things, in my opinion, for poker. And even like, you know, they even like the owners even out there, they say they want to promote poker and whatever's good for poker is good for them. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think GG does a lot of great things for poker and I have written some threads about them recently, but I do want to be clear that I don't mean to attack GG poker or any of its ambassadors. My threads recently about the rake being so high in, in GG cash games have just been to raise the alarm that like if the rake gets any higher, and it seems like they want it to be higher, based on you know their their history of of raising the rake. Um, I I see this going in an unsustainable direction, and I also don't really love the way it is already, because the GGs, they, they have complete market dominance at this point, and it's sort of like they're forcing you into becoming a rakeback pro and grinding their leaderboards to make any significant amount of money on the site, whereas you can't really rag battle anymore. So although I think that Gigi is doing a lot of great things for poker, I don't really agree with their, their rake system in cash games as it is right now.
1: I definitely don't think killing rake battles is really a good idea. This also makes poker more of like a predatory thing, if there's no rake yeah. battles, because the the you know the underlying principle of rake battles is like you saying to someone, "Hey, I think I'm better than you," blah blah blah, and you think you're better than me. And more, it embodies more of a competitive spirit, whereas you just kill that uh, when you know you, you make it impossible. Not to mention, there's lots of rake from that, and it's not that hard to just like, I mean, it's very easy actually to just uh go somewhere else and play for like no rake or you know like little rake, or you know you want to make it convenient i just don't understand this decision much at all certainly i would hope that they do change this if they're really looking out for the player's interests and like keeping things in mind and if we're talking about protecting the vips it's better like that also goes for what the rake looks like because if you're raking everybody i mean the vips the vips should actually get raked back in my opinion one model that I really liked that a lot of these uh, secretive clubs, which we'll talk about a little bit as alternatives to high rake situations, um, they uh, they had like they're often run by VIPs and there's a model that really worked. The VIPs would collect a ton of rake, um, but the game would also run around them. So yeah, they're losing kind of a lot of money, but they're still like not losing that that much because they're getting rake back, which I think that makes sense to me. But maybe there's some kind of way of making that work on GG or maybe they're doing something like that. I don't know.
0: I think they do that to some extent with their PVI system. Like if you're a losing player, you get more rake back than if you're a winning player. Um, But even that is not really transparent. So it's, it's kind of difficult to figure out what percentage of rake back you're even going to get as a professional. That's another issue. Um, And then there are other rewards, too, that are kind of harder to quantify, like they have the the jackpots. So um, if you're getting four big blinds per hundred rake back total, maybe a big blind or a big blind and a half of that is just going to come from jackpots. And then there's a lot of variance in those. Like you could just not hit a jackpot for extremely long periods of time. You could run bad in that way. And, and there goes a lot of your rake back. Mm-hmm. So, um, to answer your question, I think they are doing that to some extent, but it's it's not really transparent how they calculate the rake back.
1: Well, that's too bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I also found out that I was in the highest rake back bracket immediately, just like, like when <laughs> Alina lost and then learned, oh, <laughs> people are getting more rake back than me that are, you know, maybe like top pros even. And I was like, what the f- what is this? <laughs> So, um, yeah, I've a bit of a experience with the rake back situation. I'm not a big fan of that system. It's too bad because it really, you know, just have to see if they, um, you know, really have the player's interest at heart. But uh, I don't know if you answered the question if, like, it's really important for the profitability to charge this much rake, or is it just, is it just you know, like, they want to make more money.
0: Well, if, if I could steel man their argument, I would say... What they would say is that they put a lot of money into advertising and getting a lot of recreationals to come play on their site. And so they have to charge a higher rate in order to make a profit if they're doing that. And they do have really good games. They have at this point, they have like it's almost like there's not anywhere else to go for a lot of players, especially outside of the United States, because they have like all of the traffic, pretty much vast majority of the traffic and they have tons of recreational players on their site. And, yeah, I think what you just said is what it really comes down to, is, like, how much money are they actually profiting from the players? Because they could be, you know, spending a ton in advertising and, and these things, and they have to charge this rake. Or they could just be making a killing on the regulars. Like, they could just be making double or triple what other sites do on you know the average regulars hands
1: well let me ask you we don't really know what that is do you have any opinion on what's like a reasonable amount to make from the game overall net profit uh from regulars or How however you even quantify like what's a reasonable amount because it looks like it's still possible to win it's just i don't know how hard it is maybe very very hard i think very very hard is not good um but like You know, how realistic is it for someone coming along? I heard relatively recently, in fact, that someone said, oh, it's like not really possible to like come along and, you know, you're 23 and say, I want to become a poker pro, with like $2,000 to your name. And I thought to myself, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like it should be that hard for someone with $2,000. You know what I mean? It It sounds like that should be something that's a realistic thing. If they had like a math degree or whatever, and they're quite smart. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, to your first question about how much a site should make on a player, mm-hmm. I don't really know. I'm not a you know an operator. Um, if you look at like a really good player's win rates on um, and, and their profit on like a a site like Poker that has more standard rake, a player like that will be only giving a fraction of his earnings back to the site. Right? I mean, maybe he's winning at eight big blinds per hundred and he's getting raked three. I at thought higher Poker stakes, Stars something was. Something like that?
1: I thought Poker Stars was like, did they, they changed things recently, right? they Now they gave, brought back the rewards and they're charging less rake, or I don't know what the situation is.
0: They have brought back something that they say looks similar to their old Supernova Elite breakback program, um, but I haven't looked too deeply into that. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, uh, the really winning players, they're giving back a fraction of their earnings to the site. And then if you look at the average regulars, they might be giving back a lot more in, in terms of, you know, their win rate is lower, so their winnings are less, but they're paying the same rake as, uh, the better pros. Maybe they're getting raked, um, equal amount to how much they're making or, you know, maybe double what they're making if if they're barely winning players. But it's sort of like taxes, you know? It, um, like if a government takes forty or fifty percent from their citizens in taxes, people don't complain too much, but if a government takes ninety percent of the winnings um or of the of their citizens' incomes and taxes, then, then people will start to revolt, right? So it's, there's not like a an exact number, but you know it's it's fairly clear to see when things are really bad and, and people are just getting taken. Um,
1: okay, so we're saying that there is a problem right now. We don't know how to quantify it perfectly, but there's a problem. Is that what we're- Yes, yeah, and I,
0: I think it is. it is, on a site like Gigi, I do think, yeah, it is, really difficult for someone to just start out and build a role uh, because it is, it's sort of a rake trap. Um, And then other sites do have problems as well. So I have not coached low stakes players in in a few years, so I can't speak, you know, with a ton of confidence on this, but I do think um, just in the last five years, it has gotten a lot harder to get started in poker. And then if you go back like 10 to 15 years, you know, it's astronomically harder now than it used to be in like the the times of the poker boom.
1: Well, you know, if that is the case, then I'd find it very difficult for there to be a poker boom unless there's just like a sea of you know VIPs that join, which requires quite a big change in my opinion. I would think that if it's astronomically harder, that's just not good. I have the question, are the stakes like 25, 50 cent, what 50 cent a dollar really beatable on GG uh, and other sites for more than like three big blinds per hundred. And, um, what about, what about other sites?
0: It depends on the rake and how many recreationals there are. So, um, Typically, if you're playing low stakes, you want to be seeing at least one recreational per table in your games mm-hmm. because the rake is very high. So if you're paying eight or 10 big blinds per hundred in rake, you need somebody at that table to be losing at a pretty significant rate. Uh, if you're just rag battling at that rake structure, it's it's not going to work out very well for you.
1: So reg, reg battles are 100% dead
0: on GG poker I don't think yeah anybody should really be reg battling it just doesn't really make any sense uh, okay. and the thing is the thing about reg battling is somebody has to lose right
1: <laughs> yeah
0: because you're all paying rake and unless the rake is really really low uh, somebody's going to be losing at a, a fairly significant margin so i do love rake battles reg battles as well but it's it's like somebody has to basically think that they're winning and be wrong about it um, pretty significantly for for a reg right. battle to even happen in the first place. Right.
1: I but yeah, if that. you're if,
0: if you're coming up in the stakes, you need to make sure that you're you're not paying astronomical rake and that you have a lot of recreational players in your games. And I do so think about, that that's possible, but it's it's harder these days.
1: So what about other sites? How viable is it on other sites?
0: Okay, so GG, again, rake is very high. They have a lot of fish, but you have to basically grind the rake back system to make money there. Then you have stars. Um, stars is actually quite good. They have Lower rake, and they have plenty of recreational players. Um, the main problem with stars right now is they just have less traffic overall. But that shouldn't really be a a big issue at low stakes because you know if you're playing low stakes, you should be able to find games. Um, then you have other like ring fence sites, so you have like the the U.S. sites like Pennsylvania, Michigan, New Jersey sites in the U.S. Um, and then there are other other smaller sites, like Italy has their own ring-fenced pools. Those sites tend to be better as well. Um, you're gonna be paying approximately standard rake. The regs tend to be worse on those because it's a smaller pool and you can't just play against anyone from anywhere in the world. And they tend to have a lot of recreationals as well. So those are probably the best bet. Um, Let's see, what else did I leave out? There's ACR. Um, I think the, the great thing about ACR is their rake is really, really low. Um, like, and if you go up to high stakes, the rake is almost non-existent. So that's my favorite thing about ACR. It is really like the place to rag battle. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, their lobbies are, are like anonymized and you can only view three tables every 24 hours uh, because they've they've done that to prevent data mining and also make it more difficult to bum hunt and seed script uh, I don't really think that's worked out that well at the higher stakes I, I think it does make some sense at at lower stakes um, but so like what I'm trying to say is that there are actually a lot of <laughs> Pretty epic reg battles, even at like nosebleeds going on on ACR right now, like 100, 200. Oh, really? Uh, but nobody, nobody sees them because <laughs> their lobby is anonymous. Oh, what a weird So that's a bit of a bummer. Board. Yeah. Um, but I think ACR is good. They also had the recent issue with all of the bots, but the poker community was able to identify a ton of those bots, and they are actually banning them. From the site right now, and they say that they're gonna oh, they are. issue some refunds pretty soon. So uh, oh. it's uh, mid February time of this recording. So hopefully, those will, you know, we'll we'll get some good news about that soon.
1: Okay, that's some good news. Um, yeah, I uh, didn't know that. That I thought that they weren't doing anything actually, but that's no, they definitely are. Here.
0: Yeah, it took them a while to like realize that they had such a big problem on their hands uh, and they had a, a several like pretty big PR missteps where they basically denied that this was an issue for a long time publicly and uh and then the community used a bunch of data mine hand histories to sort of create a statistical case to prove to them that a lot of these players are bots and that Combined, I think, Mm -hmm. with some bad press, they eventually came around and and they do realize now and they're banning a a lot of these accounts now. So so yeah, that's been great news. And then one other site I will mention is Ignition, which is not looking as good right now. Uh, Ignition seems to be flooded with like the same kind of type of bots as ACR. And we can tell this because they play in a similar way as the ACR bots do, uh, but they're even more aggressively uh, <laughs> like cheating on Ignition because Ignition is, um, for people who don't know, it's also Bavada and Bodog. It's the same network. And this was a great site to play on from the US for a very long time. You can also access it from Australia. Uh, and the the rake was relatively low the games were really good but now it's it seems to be flooded with these bots that use a a mix of rta and exploits but on addition they also collude with each other so they're getting you into a multi-way pod and raising you out of it i posted a thread on this on my twitter at mobius poker um with a bunch of examples of just blatant collusion And I can say that Ignition is trying to do something about this also. I've been working with them personally, um, trying to help them with this, but they are being pretty slow. Again, it's unfortunate that a lot of these sites, like their security teams don't seem to be very well equipped to handle these things. So that's the sort of the state of the union. And then there's the app games, which I don't really generally recommend people play on apps because the security is even worse there, although there can be some good situations with the app games.
1: I I understand you did try to assist Ignition with its issue. Is that right?
0: Yeah, they called me, and I Ah. spoke to them for over an hour, Um, but that was over a month ago, and I haven't heard much since, so... And and as of right now, it seems like these bots are still on the site. So if they are banning them, I don't think they've banned all of them. And and another issue is that, uh, I think we're seeing this a little bit on ACR is that you can ban these bots, but you have to do multiple waves of banning because they, there's no problem for them to just make more accounts after they get, get an account banned. So it's like, you have to ban them multiple times. Uh, otherwise, they just keep coming back, but you can get rid of them.
1: Hmm. Oh, that's good news. I was just talking actually with uh, Berkey and he was saying like, oh, there's not really a solution. But it sounds like you're saying there is a solution, but you just need to be a bit more persistent, like swatting some flies. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. I, I mean, in terms test. of these in terms of these specific bot rings that I'm talking about, there is a solution like they've been banned on other sites. I know that for sure. And they haven't come back on those sites Um, so in terms of like, if you're talking about years down the road that, I mean, look, I I don't think that it's actually anywhere close to an impossible task to police poker properly. Um, because poker, there will always be like some rate of cheating, but it's a hard game to cheat at it's not like chess where you can just cheat and you can win every time there's a a ton of variance in poker so even if you're cheating like with rta you can still lose for a while which and then the other thing is that if you do get caught your funds get confiscated so there is like a downside there's a risk to cheating and there are a lot of creative ways to catch cheaters which i think will hopefully see poker sites you know continue to improve their security, at least the ones that are taking security seriously. So overall, like I'm actually pretty optimistic about at least, you know, the sites that really want to catch cheaters that, that they would be able to.
1: Well, that's interesting. I don't know if uh, you should mention the ways to catch cheaters on the podcast or not, or rather just share them privately, maybe more prudent than... Uh, than- you know, sharing like this, uh, but uh, that's yeah. That's, I mean, uh, that's, that's
0: huh. Essentially, you're just looking for like non-human behavior, and there's a lot of ways with data analytics that you can prove that someone is not a human. Um, but yes, like most poker site security teams don't. They obviously don't give away their detection methods because it just makes it easier for for people to avoid right. them.
1: Right, well, then let's not talk about that. Um, Okay, so that's interesting. Obviously, cheating is a major barrier to the entire economy. Once, like, people, you know, once there's too much cheating, uh, especially, like, the economy is poisoned, especially. And uh, there's also the possibility of... And there has been some instances of this in varying levels of something called the tragedy of the commons, which is for the audience, it's basically when you know, some people, cheating is one variation of this, but actually all variations of this are cheating, but in different forms. Uh, An example would be to pollute the economy and all of a sudden, you know, makes a profit out of it. And all of a sudden it becomes, it seems to make sense to pollute the economy. And so like everyone starts polluting the economy and it up the economy for everyone. But on the individual level, you know, it makes sense from the narrow point of view to do that. You, you have to sacrifice money otherwise for the sake of virtue in order to not do that. And so uh, an example in poker actually is uh, um, multi-accounting in some instances. As uh, so I've been you know, I've been aware of in Asia, and I just realized at some point, like, oh, actually it's wrong. And, you know, I, I had an issue with that. And then I was like, oh, it's just the there's something called the... Uh, what is it called? The, it, there's this line of just what's considered normal. Um, I forgot what it's called, damn it. But normal in ethics and like based on like behavior of everyone else, the line moves, etc. But the line, mm-hmm. it, it seems like poker's a bit self policing of that people seem to logically understand people are a bit more tuned to logic at poker, where you know, something's not right, like RTA is no good, or um, you know any kind of like thing that's against the spirit of the game. is is not good, Uh, but it'd be really ideal to keep this situation good for everyone so that it's more potential winners out there in the fair kind of way. Uh, I do wanna ask, uh, I mean, I know, well, I kinda know, uh, your thoughts on mass data analysis as a method to detect cheating. Um, It seems like it's required from my point of view. Um, uh, What are your thoughts on it versus a tool to exploit? Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. So mass data analysis. If anybody doesn't know what that means, who's listening, it just it basically means that uh, there are people who are observing the games. Pe- there are third-party, you know, companies that have servers that just watch online poker games and they record the hand histories and then they sell those hand histories uh, to make a profit. And poker players can buy them. And, you know, similar things happen in other industries too, like financial markets, you can buy market data, uh, just to make an analogy. Um, So mass database analysis is when you buy lots of these hand histories, and then you run statistical analysis on them to basically find where people reliably make mistakes, relative to the game theory optimal poker strategy. Mm. My view on this is, uh, I think it is an inevitable outcome in online poker. Uh, It's sort of like HUDs, but even harder to stop than HUDs because with mass data analysis, it's you're doing this work away from the tables. So you're not doing anything actively while you're playing Whereas, you know, a HUD, you could at least catch somebody, because they have some sort of software running while they're playing. But mass data analysis is completely off the table, um, away from the games, I mean, and and just done in study time. So the only way to stop people from uh, doing mass data analysis is to make the games completely unobservable. and. That has a lot of other issues because you can't, if you can't see what's going on in the games, you can't tell if the games are fair or beatable. It also kills the spec, the spectator aspect of poker. So, I don't think it's really enforceable to stop it. I personally view it as another, um, you know, like aspect of skill in poker is to be able to do this and to gain an edge from it, Um, and a lot of sites have this against their terms of service now that you can't do this type of work, but I just think it's a counterproductive rule because uh, it's, again, it's just not enforceable. So that, putting that rule in place is really just, it's just kind of hurting people who follow the terms of service strictly uh if you know what i, I, think I mean
1: it, I, I do i think it's sort of similar to the hud thing except more acceptable actually because as you said it's just another tool to get an edge and there's nothing like in a vacuum that makes it bad until a site says okay we don't want it but even in that case like it doesn't have to be used in a predatory way against a particular player you know, you could still get the data in some other kind of way without breaking that site's terms of service. You know, in poker, you're supposed to use creative means to get an edge without, like, outright knowing the person's cards, and that's kind of the idea of the game. So I view (laughs) mass data analysis to be not bad in a vacuum, um, especially when it has the capacity to detect much of these uh, cheating instances or abnormalities. I think it's... um, something that should be used in some kind of way.
0: You can use mass database analysis to study the population as a whole. And then you can also use it to target specific players. And I don't really know how I feel about the second one. Uh, I, I think my feeling is that if it's not enforceable, it should be allowed. And I... I Personally, would rather just have full transparency and just have all of the data out there, at least for professional players, and, and maybe it could be anonymized for recreational players, but um, the distinction is that if you are doing population-level analysis, you're just studying how the pools play as a whole. Usually, you divide between regs and, and, and recreational players, and you're studying how all regulars play on average, Whereas if you're doing it to target specific players, that's when you're you're just looking at one screen name and all, all the hands for that person and their stats and trying to create a strategy against one specific player, which of course is going to be more powerful than trying to exploit the average behavior of the population and I, I thought that most people were against the you know using mass data to gain an edge against an individual opponent. But I feel like I've been proven wrong recently because there are sites now like Smart Hand and StatName, uh, which are sites that aggregate a lot of cash game data. And you don't have to purchase the hand histories, you just purchase a subscription and you can look up any player you want. And a ton of players use this now. So like you, you have a lot of regulars who are who have a subscription to this site where they can just type in anyone's screen name. And it's not just giving you, like, their earnings. It's giving you a lot of stats as well and, like, their red line. So, like you were saying before, there is sort of, like, this idea that, you know, what is okay is at least in some... to some extent determined by how many people are doing something. And I think we are moving towards... More and more regulars using mass database analysis because of these hands like Smart Hand and and StatName becoming so popular and that's just that's what they are.
1: I I think the term is called the Overton Window. Uh, I believe that's what it's called. Um, yeah, I think so. So uh, so here's the thing. I think that things can be bad period according to logic and like what's right, etc if the Overton window is quite far, that makes them like a little bit, That negates it a little bit, but it still makes them like not good. If like the origin windows window is just like totally messed up, to be honest. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, in this case, I don't think really that it's, unless it's against the terms of service, I like have trouble seeing that buying someone's hand histories and playing against them is really like a bad thing. Um, because like why is it like why why can't someone just like do a bunch of research on a player and like play them that happens all the time like is it bad now to get reads on a player from someone else i mean at some point it's like well how do you even protect against these kinds of things and they're all kind of like similar and like where's the line
0: yeah well if you look at like any other sport or industry this is a major strategy in in like Like, every sport, like the NFL, the NBA, they're all using tons of data. Um, Yeah, of course, they're they're probably way more sophisticated than poker players at this point, if we're talking about major league sports. Um, Another thing to point out is, like, it's not a silver bullet. It's it's not going to give you an enormous edge, usually, unless a player has massive leaks uh, that are you know, visible when you have a larger sample on them. And it doesn't, you know, one argument people might make is that poker is a game of incomplete information. And people who don't really understand database analysis will say, this is giving you complete information in an incomplete information game. But it's not giving you complete information. It's just giving you more incomplete information. Because even if you're looking at data mine hand histories, you're not seeing hands that got folded or that didn't get shown down. So if you can't see the showdowns, you can't see the player's range composition that they're folding or like really anything before the river. Um, so it's the, the information that you're getting is not like a, a a silver bullet type of edge. It's a, it's a relatively small edge. Um, um, unless, you know, you do a, a ton of work, you can make that edge bigger.
1: Um. Yeah, that's another thing is, uh, as someone who's done my research before on opponents way back in the day, uh, it took a bit of an effort, even in like the hands that, you know, even just going over a lot of hands, that you play with someone, it's just, you know, it takes a minute of effort uh, and someone could just change how they play it. In fact, against one high stakes right, player... Yeah. He actually figured out that I had done the research on him, which I was really impressed by. I had no, no idea. He changed how he played, and I still beat him. But I didn't realize <laughs> that he changed how he played. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so that's another really good point. Is it, it's not, even if you do gain a big edge from it, it's not an unexploitable edge. Because right. let's say I do a bunch of research on you, and I find out that you are overfolding the river or something and then I start bluffing the river a lot, well, if you recognize that I'm over-bluffing the river to exploit you, you can counter-exploit me by calling more. And that's actually a a kind of a hard situation to navigate because I might think that you've adjusted, but it's going to take me some time to actually prove that you've adjusted, Um, especially if you're adjusting and you're countering me in a smart way. You know, you might call me down with fifth pair in a huge pot, and I'll think, Oh, maybe he's changed his strategy. But if you're smarter about it, it can take a while for you to, <laughs> for me to realize that you changed your strategy. So so it can gain you a a good edge, but it's it's never an unexploitable edge. You are by definition, you're you're making yourself exploitable by using these types of strategies. Another thing that I'll I'll just say is um I think there's a, a kind of a a problem, even if you were to ban mass database analysis, if you were to, to ban data mining, one, one issue is that there are already hundreds of millions of hands that have been data mined over the last you know, five to 10 years. So especially for player types that don't really change their strategy over time, like recreationals, there's already more than enough information out there. So stopping it now is not going to really have a dramatic impact. Um, Another thing is that even if you were to to be able to stop these third-party data mining sites, which you know Gigi recently announced they're going to try to do that, um, stopping them there's there's no real way to completely stop it because then you have stables, you've got groups of poker players, and they can gain a major advantage by sharing their his- hand histories, and I don't think there's any way that a site can prove that a group of players is doing that. And even on on an individual level, like you sort of get this incumbent advantage. If you've been playing on a site for two years, you are collecting a lot of data. And you like, if you have half a million or a million hands that you've personally played in your database, there's a lot of, you know, population analysis that you can do with that. So that's actually a pretty big advantage over a newcomer if you have that data and, and someone who's brand new to the pool doesn't, which could make it a higher barrier to entry for, for new people to get started.
1: I, in the I, um, well, yeah, I mean, there's always should be some kind of advantage for being in something long enough, right? The major issue is just protecting the VIPs, which I understand. I don't think it's really so bad that some things are general patterns of VIPs that you could recall, especially if you've been playing for a while or that you can assume are roughly true, such as weak is strong, strong is weak. Like a lot of people know that. It's very, very consistent over, the, it's the same thing. I, I just, I. it'd be interesting to have someone on here that defends this MDA stuff. Uh, and we'd like to get the other side of it, but I'm just struggling to see why it's bad in a vacuum. It just seems rooted in protecting the VIPs. I get that. Um, I definitely think players should not should at least you know allow the VIPs to have some, you know, breath, not just get slaughtered all the time. Uh, again, banning seating scripts I think is good. So, but that's the biggest thing. My particular concern also is with I think the VIPs actually are kind of catered to, which is nice, um, to a fair degree anyway. My biggest concern is with the struggling class of poker players. Like, do you have like a good insight on what the players starting out at like fifty cent dollar 2550 cent like that these kinds of stakes should do
0: I think if you're starting out in cash games some sort of ring fenced site is probably the safest option if you have that option a lot of people don't have that option you know a lot of people don't live in Pennsylvania or New Jersey um you know I coached a large stable um, I coached for Poker Detox from late 2019 to around 2022, and we had a lot of success bringing people up from 50 NL to, in some cases, like 2K NL in the period of a year or so. Um, but like I've I've said earlier, there are problems with some of these sites like Ignition. Um, having bots on them now and i'm not really sure i i've not as far as like gg i've not coached very many really any players at low stakes on gg so i'm i'm not sure how difficult um, that is
1: uh, i will say that there's you know these private clubs coming up the irony was i looked for the spots for a lot of the lower stakes players and what ter- what happened was I found plenty of spots for me and the high stakes players. <laughs> so, well I figure that I figure that there must be potential for lower stakes players with that, but I did quickly run into the problem of okay, I did win a large amount from a whale uh at ten twenty. I won like seventy thousand uh, dollars. They were like a legit whale, basically. Wow. <laughs> and then they just like didn't pay and then I went on like a wild <laughs> goose chase and I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so that's like clearly a major risk, but it just seems like these, you know, there's a million little games, little private games and things like that. And it seems like if someone could navigate these things well, that there might be like an asset there for a lot of these, these struggling players, like, and, you know, occasionally players just come and just dust out of this mind, out of their mind. And, you know, like fifty cent a dollar or whatever it is, like you can get like some super whales so if you, if you're, you know, patient enough or you find the right game, like just get some guy who like thinks it's funny to go all in, and is rich. Yeah, with nothing.
0: I I guess what I would say to somebody who's like just starting out now, uh, is like. Probably it's best to be on as many sites as possible because then you can focus on game selection. Uh, So you might have three or four sites where you get a little bit of volume on each, maybe one is your primary site, but you're always looking for the best games possible. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then you have to be sort of plugged into the community, I think, because right now, like specifically at at this moment in time, and I do want to say, I think it could get a lot better from here on out, but like at this moment, I feel like there are a lot of traps that you could fall into. Like you could be playing on ignition and not realize that you're getting colluded against, or that there are there are all these bots on there. The same thing we could have said for ACR up until a month ago. GG, you know, if you don't actually do your research or at least talk to some people about how high the rake is, you might think that you're playing a beatable game when you're really not. Um, I I think that, so yeah, like at minimum, getting on as many sites as you can and trying to find the the best games possible, communicating with a lot of other people to make sure that you don't make any big mistakes with your game selection is probably the best way to go. And then you could also go further and get coaching, uh, like join a stable or something which has proven results to help your odds a little bit more.
1: Well, I myself am making a community as well. One of the big goals being to provide more visibility of the landscape of the games, because that's very, very important and kind of underappreciated in terms of actually trying to win. Whereas I feel like the strategy aspect is harder. It's kind of beat to death. There's tons of strategy content out there. Was there a particular reason why your higher stakes players happen to have you at their best year as of last year? and I mean, is it because they've been around, I mean, have they been around since like 2012 or is it, yeah. What's up with this?
0: Um, well, some of them have been around longer than others, but in, in a lot of ways I feel like high stakes is safer right now. Like the bots, for example, are not an issue at high stakes because the bots are flooding mid stakes and like usually five ten tops. Um, Hmm. ACR is good right now. And even GG at nosebleeds can be good if you game select well. So like, and and I just want to clarify, my program is just for high stakes players. So if you're a lower stakes player, like below 500 and L online, I can't coach you there. Um, But I, I think... The biggest thing it comes down to is just that my students are not average players. Like, we work incredibly hard. We're trying to be the best stable in the world at Mobius Cash, my, my high stakes stable, um, and we've got some extremely good players. And we do have access to nosebleed games on ACR and GG. So, it's it's been a lot of work, um, and I don't think that we are like the average players by any means but i am concerned like i said about the average players
1: why are you so optimistic about the future of poker
0: well i think poker has been played for generations and it's going to continue to be played for generations and like you could make the argument that poker is going to move more to the live scene because of risks of cheating but i don't really see that as like how our society is going at all, I think people just want to do more and more things online virtually and uh in the u s you know it's slow, but more and more sites uh, more and more states are opening up and legalizing poker mm. and you know if if something like California opened up, that would be massive right like <laughs> Uh, that would completely change everything because California is like more than half of the, the U.S. poker market. Uh, so that would right. be equivalent to basically the U.S. legalizing federally. So it's, it's that and also I don't personally think that um, cheating is, uh, like detecting cheating in poker is not by any means an impossible task. There's a lot of things that you can do to detect cheaters. And then we we may also just need some sort of common sense rules in place. Like, I think that one thing that I would be in favor of is like just known screen names for if you're like any sort of significant winning player in online poker, you need to have like a known screen name. Maybe you will have to have a webcam in the future when you play online poker. But the point is, there are many solutions. And, like, we are making progress even right now. Like I said, we just got hundreds of bots banned from ACR. Um, So things are looking up as well, but um, I I think that we need to just be really vigilant. Um, And especially, you know, the situation with GG is a good example of that, where they want to take away our ability to data mine and to have vision over the games. Um, but I think we need that now more than ever to make sure that the games are safe. But overall, I'm optimistic.
1: Yeah. It sounds like there should be at least some kind of neutral party overlooking this with GG or just some kind of rough accountability, just in case like some third party that's licensed at min or whatever, like that seems like a solution. Oh, by the way, with the webcam thing. I don't know if the same thing would happen in the U S but in Asia, they did try to do this by the way. But what happened was people started like pointing the camera a little up and uh, they, you know, they're <laughs> people still multi-accounted anyway. And then uh, there's a <laughs> point where like, no one was even looking at the camera or in the corner or something.
0: Yeah. And I think like in the future, that might not be the best strategy because like, with AI now, like we're, we're seeing like Sora just came out, the open AI video generator, like artificial intelligence probably will have a pretty easy time of generating whatever video you want that you could like oh, yeah, put into yeah. that stream, you know? So like maybe webcams are not the solution, but like you can certainly run checks to see if someone is playing in a, a non-human type of way. Um, and, and I think there will always be some players who are like cheating in a smart way and getting away with it but that won't like kill the bottom line for the average right. poker player uh, if well, few people need, get by
1: it doesn't need to be stopped and I think one of the issues actually in today's world is that there's very little accountability Like you can kind of like, if you're a cheater, you can just like cheat one area and then you can just, oh, you got caught. You can cheat somewhere else and continue the cycle and it poisons a lot of communities in general. I specifically think there needs to be you know, names attached to these people or at least some Mm -hmm. examples made.
0: Just listening to the players is is such a no-brainer for the sites. And I know that it can be difficult to communicate with such a large group of people and there are are a lot of false positives, but at least like at the really high stakes, the players are very good at identifying who is a cheater. Like it's usually someone who's winning tons of money with a style that doesn't really make sense and nobody knows who they are. Like it's pretty rare to have that combination and and for a person to not be cheating. Um, Like for example, there's a player on ACR now right now who has won over a million on that site. And every time he sits down in the high stakes games now, he shuts down the entire lobby because if he is cheating, he's cheating in a pretty smart way. Um, And like he's passed whatever security checks the site has put them through. But pretty much like the, it's a consensus among the top players that this guy is cheating um and so when he sits down everybody just sits out so i i share that story because like you know sometimes it really is just it's obvious to the professional players who are playing with these accounts that they're cheating uh and we could hopefully tap like the in the future sites will have a better way of just tapping into that wealth of knowledge that the players have right? because well. they could just tell you like you know this guy's cheating it's <laughs> it's unanimous uh, among the players there are there are like there is a community of high stakes players in a discord right now it's like a hundred strong probably more than that at this point and uh, the, the people who've organized that have gotten site reps into that community so it's like more of a direct line of communication between the players and the sites. And that is helping. Um, And I hope that we see more of that in the future.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, it sounds pretty promising. I want to get some more information on the subject and see what sites are doing, but thank you for the breakdown. So are there any last words before you got to go? Do you want to talk about uh, your coaching or anything?
0: Um, yeah, I have a high-stakes stable called Mobius Cash. We only take half a dozen people per year, and you have to be a high-stakes online player for that. Um, but if you're a lower-stakes player, I also have a program, uh, my GTO Stat Checker course. So that is uh, basically a, a hand-to-note pop-up and a video course alongside that. And it's the only pop-up of its kind at least so far where it just takes your hands and automatically checks your stats and tells you where you're deviating from gto so that's available for lower stakes players too and if you want to just keep up with me and like i will be posting about the situation on gg and ignition and acr as as things unfold you can follow me on twitter at mobius poker
1: all right. Thank you, Patrick, uh, for your time. And I'd also like to say, well, I hope that if GG can find a way to support the lower six, lower stakes players into attaining the uh, poker dream and not making it very difficult, I don't know what their situation looks like. I really hope that they step up. They've done a lot of positive things for poker. Um, and I hope other sites step up as well. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll see in the future what happens. There's yeah, a I, I think decent of potential, I think that like. we
0: can all we can all agree that like poker is a skill game, and personally, I don't like to see it, and I think most people don't like to see it that that it is at least on that site, the dominant site, becoming uh, a leaderboards race. If you're a cash game player and you just have to lose to the house and then hope that they give you enough back through some obscure reward system that you turn a profit and I don't think that's good for the future of poker and I'm going to keep um, trying to educate people on stuff like that. I think that we can change course and I think that they can do a lot of good for uh, the future of online poker. They've already done a lot of good and they can do a lot more so I am optimistic.
1: Alright, well, me too, they seem to have had a lot of good faith, and, uh, you yeah. know, the future awaits. Hopefully we'll make a new poker boom and get rid of all the cheaters.